are at risk because we are beholding to countries like China where far too many things are manufactured and created. Uh, but he's saying our answer is is drugs for end-stage renal failure. You know, uh, my good friend who wrote the book, uh, How Not to Die, I think it's uh, right here on my, on my cabinet. Yep, right here. Uh, Dr. Michael Greger. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Nick Delgado. Uh, we're continuing with our segment on the coronavirus. What do we need to do? How can we protect ourselves? Uh, what is the most important things that we can do to build up a healthy immune system? Let's let's break away to uh, this segment now. Uh, we're talking, uh, here, listening to Michael Osterholm and uh, a proclaimed expert, uh, as he said, kind of a medical expert researching disease. Here's what yeah, where does this rumor come from that it's a, an old person's disease? Is it just because the majority of the people that have died from it so far have been older? Yes. In fact, that's the primary risk factor for dying is being old and then having certain underlying health problems. For example, in China, uh, those men over the age of 70 who also smoked, were 8 to 10% of them died. 65% of older Chinese men smoke. The uh, case fatality rate or the percentage of people who die in women in that same age group was only about 2%. In that mm. case, w very few women smoke. Now, the challenge we have is that that's the Chinese data. But there are a series of risk factors that we worry about that if they overlay on this disease are going to cause bad outcomes. And we happen to be right at ground zero for one of the major ones here in this country, and that's obesity. Uh, mm. We know that obesity is just like smoking in terms of its ability to really cause severe life-threatening disease, and 45% of our population today over the age of 45 in this country are obese or severely obese, and there's men and women. So one of the concerns we have is we're going to see more of these, uh, what I guess I would call very serious and life-threatening cases occur in our country because of a different set of risk factors than we saw in China. Now, you mentioned that there's some sort of an incubation period before people become sick, they're still contagious. What is this incubation period and how do we know about it? When we call something an incubation period, we're talking about from the time you and I got exposed, meaning I was in a room breathing the air that somebody else who was infected uh, with the virus was expelling out, I breathed it in. How long from that time period till the time period that you get sick? And what is that? It's, that's what we call the incubation period. So that's when case numbers can double or triple in every so many days. In this case, it's about four days. So, and we actually have data there from people who are exposed one time or one time only. And we know when they were exposed, where they were exposed, and how soon do they get sick afterwards. So the chauffeur in the car where an individual was sick or showing symptoms, then the chauffeur gets it four days later. You know, they were there one time and one time only. And if the chauffeur does not show any symptoms, he's still contagious. He could he, still he could also be it. contagious too. Or he, and that's one of the things that's challenging here is you and I might get exposed to somebody who is totally asymptomatic, no symptoms. That virus would appear well. That's not a very strong virus, but in fact, when it infects us, it could kill us. So we've seen cases of, of fatal disease that were exposed to people that had minor symptoms themselves. Wow. And this is what's unfolding here, and, and this is where I think is such an important, and you know, I said why the timing is so important, because, you know, Joel, we really have got to get information out to the public. There is so much misinformation right now, and, you know, we're going to be in this for a while. This is not going to happen overnight. And I worry, I keep telling people we're handling this like it's a corona blizzard, you know, two or three days, mm -hmm. we're back to normal. This is a coronavirus winter. 
And we're going to have the next three months or more, six months or more, that are going to be like this. And, you know, so far this thing has been unfolding exactly as we predicted it. We and our center put out a piece uh, on January 20th and said this is going to spread worldwide. At the time, people said, ah, no, it's just China. We put out a piece the first week of February and said this is going to pop probably the last week of February, first week of March. Because what happens is it has what's called an R-naught or a doubling time of, of, of these every four days. So two, two increases doubling every four days. So if you go from 2 to 4 to 8 to 16, it takes a while to build up. But when you start going from 500 to 1,000 to 2,000 to 4,000, that's what we're seeing happen in places like Italy, we're beginning to see it in some ways up in Seattle. It's what happened in China. And, uh, you know, when people are confronted with that, suddenly this low-risk phenomenon that everybody talks about isn't so low anymore. So what we're basically talking about is uh, infectious infection protection. Uh, again, my uh, colleagues, uh, Dr. Uh, Ronald Klatz and uh, here we go, Dr. Uh, Bob uh, Goldman, uh, wrote this book, and uh, it's important to understand from the common cold to smallpox to athlete's foot to anthrax, you know, how to fight the germs that make you sick. But it really gets back, uh, as Dr. Geringer and I were talking about, is these four steps to building up the immune system. Now, uh, the guest here, Michael uh, Osterm. Osterholm, he's talking about from the point that you are exposed to a viral load and at what point uh, does it develop into um, a disease or an illness. Epidemiological and public health measures have made a huge difference in clean water, uh, making sure that foods are prepared properly, environmental factors, um, looking at occupational hazards. So there's there's tons of research that I've gone through in my medical library and in my searches uh, around the world because one of the things that uh, we, we do know is you're only as strong as your weakest link. And if you have a weak immune system, uh, whether you're old or young, uh, I think it's uh, critical to focus on how do you build up a healthy, strong immune system. So let's go back uh, here a few more words here. And that's what you need to prepare people for. Now, what can be done? Like, what, what can the average person do? I see people walking around with masks on, wearing gloves. Is that nonsense? Largely, yes. Yeah. First of all, um, let's step back. The primary mechanism for transmission is just the respiratory route. It's just breathing. Um, in studies in Germany, which just have been published literally in the last 24 hours, um, they actually followed a group of people who had been exposed to somebody in an automobile manufacturing plant, and then they had nine people that, with this exposure, he said, if you have any symptoms at all, contact us. We want to follow up. And they all agreed. Well, they got infected. And so in the very first hours, just feeling bad, sore throat, they went in and sampled their throats, their, their saliva, their nose for virus. They did blood. They did stool. They did urine. And they found that at that very moment when they first got sick, they had incredibly high levels of virus, sometimes 10,000 times that we saw with SARS in their throats meaning they were infectious at that point already, and they hadn't even had symptoms yet of really any nature. They weren't coughing yet. Wow. And, and that's where we're concerned because that's the kind of transmission. It's, you know, I always have said in trying to stop influence, virus transmission, like trying to stop the wind. You know, we d we've never had anything successfully do that other than vaccine, and we don't have a vaccine here. So what's happening is that people in public spaces are getting infected. And the way you need to address that is, unfortunately, if you're older, over 55, you have some underlying health problems, which unfortunately a lot of Americans do. We have uh, obesity, 
then right now you don't want to be in large public spaces. You're trying to potentially get infected. So you can take care of that part. As far as what can public health do, we're not going to, we can talk about this. We're not going to have a vaccine anytime soon. That's happy talk. Um, what we, you know, we can close schools. One of the big challenges we have right now, if we close schools, what do we accomplish? In influenza virus, when you, we close schools during outbreaks because it turns out kids are get infected in school and they're like little virus reactors. You know, they come home and they transmit it to mom and dad and brothers and sisters. And uh, so we close schools sometimes. It's Christmas breaks are always great for kind of putting the dampening effect on flu. In this case, kids are not getting sick very often at all, which is one of the really good news features of this disease. In China, only 2.1% of the cases were under 8, 19 years of age. And Why is that? You know, we don't completely know. Uh, and, and I'm going to come to that in a second because they're getting infected, it turns out. One study showed that they still get infected with the virus, but they don't get sick. And we have that happen. There's a disease called infectious hepatitis, hepatitis A, where we have outbreaks in daycares. And the way we know we have an outbreak is because it's transmitted through the stool, fecal oral, is mom and dad and the daycare providers all get sick. And the kids, those symptoms, we go in and test the kids, are all positive. So some diseases will manifest my primary when you're an adult, but not as a child. This one appears to be the same. So do we close schools or not if we're not really spreading the disease? Because it turns out that if we close schools, we, uh, a recent study done showed that 38% of nurses today in this country who are working in the medical area have kids in school. And if suddenly we're closing schools for two or three months, who's going to take care of those kids? One-fourth of the American population has no sick leave. If we close schools, they don't get paid if they have to stay home. So when you ask what can we do, we have to really be thoughtful about what we do. Are we doing more harm than good by closing schools, for example, even though everybody will say, oh, we got to do everything we can? Or do we just tell people, you know, it's going to be limiting your contact as much as you can, and that's really about what we can do. Okay, so he, he made a good point. You don't need to close the schools. It, it It's a problem if you close the schools because the nurses are, uh, shall I say, um, uh, needing to take care of their kids. And the kids, as he said, are like reactors to viruses. And so they're, they're going to spread things. So, you know, sending kids home from school is, is not the answer. It's teaching everyone how to build up a healthy, strong immune system. Let, let, let's go further because they really don't cover that in this show, but they are talking about methods of contraction and so forth. And limiting the contact, is that really going to help? It does because it's like putting rods in a reaction. If you, if you don't have as much close contact, you can you know, not transmit as much. If I'm, if I'm sitting in a room with 100 people and we're kind of sharing air, the transmission is remarkable. Right here you know, off the coast of California, you've got your cruise ship. Cruise ships are notorious mm -hmm. for recirculating air inside the inner cabins. We've had a number of outbreaks. That's well, why they're having these outbreaks on cruise yeah. ships? Yeah, and then you leave them on there. I think the, uh, the cruelest human experiment we've done in a long time with yeah. humans is leave them on these ships. Get them off right away. Should they get them off oh, right away? Oh, absolutely. And what get should they on. do with them? Well, they can put them in quarantines of some kind if they want and follow up on them, but you're guaranteed they're all going to keep getting infected day after day. It seems like we're not really... Yeah, so he, he's making a good point. Get, get them off the cruise ship and... Uh, uh, the marine base uh, off of uh, San Onofre area there, uh, they are, are putting people in, in this uh, quarantine area uh, from, from a, a particular cruise ship here. I'm, I'm just looking up my notes. Um, I, I just got word of this. And um, 
so you know they're they're better off with fresh air you know clean water nutrition uh being able to take care of these people properly uh, if they need a nutritional iv and as i said if anyone gets an outbreak of a fever you know they they need to be how shall i say uh taking care of properly with um uh, proper hydration is is major and critical so let, let's go back and hear uh what what the advice is here be prepared for something like this, although the, the CDC has been telling us for a long time that we should be. You know, we are uh, not prepared at all in the sense, you know, I uh, wrote the book, um, Deadliest Enemies, that was published in 2017. Right thank, here, you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Go get it. No. Get it. And Panic. In a, chapter 13, the title of the chapter was SARS and MERS, A Harbinger of Things to Come. You know, we oh predicted this. And then I wrote a chapter on there what a flu pandemic would look like if it emerged in China. And if you read it, it's exactly what's happened. The supply chains went down. China locked down the country. It spread to other countries. People all pointed fingers. And, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing where we hear it and hear it, but we don't get prepared. You know, five years ago, I gave a talk at the Mayo Clinic. Uh, first time I talked about this, I talked many times afterwards, and I showed a slide of Puerto Rico, a picture of Puerto Rico, and then I showed the map, and then I showed a picture of a building in Puerto Rico, a nondescript building, and I said, this is our next big disaster. It turns out that 85% of all the world's production of IV bags, the saline that we need desperately, were made in these plants in Puerto Rico. And all we needed was one, one Category 5 hurricane to come through and take it out. Maria came through a year and a half ago, and the world went into a major crisis with a shortage of IV bags. Now, that was so obvious that was going to happen, and yet we don't prepare. That's so foolish. I know. I agree. And that's what hopefully this is a wake-up call. The business community, I hopefully, will wake up. So what he's talking about is we're not even prepared for just basic emergencies, uh, IV bags. We, we don't have the, the proper uh, care in, in the hospitals. And I, I'm going to complain that why don't they start serving the proper plant-based whole food nutrition in hospitals? Stop serving people micro-filled uh, meats and dairy product and highly reactive white breads and sugars it's it's just it's a disaster that's not a place to get well in in a, in a hospital uh, i'm sorry but we, we do need to improve our school lunches our 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 hospitals this is a wake-up call folks we need to get after doing the right things so that we don't lose our loved ones now granted there are those who believe that and, and it could be true that you know uh, one of the other things we're doing right now there's those that believe that uh, the elections that it's staged that this uh, coronavirus is going to disappear sometime after May particularly in November for the presidential election if that actually happens and if it's true that every major election during the last four years and the four years before it, that there was SARS breakout and other uh, if you will infectious breakouts and then you know, the administration came to our rescue. It's really discouraging if that's taking place here uh, with with the hysteria that they've caused in the general public. I hope that's not the case. Uh, I know uh, there's other broadcasters that believe it is the case, and it won't get much airtime uh, if that's their belief. But I'm gonna I'm gonna play both sides of the road. I'm gonna say. Build up the immune system, take the proper steps and techniques, take the right supplements, fortify, nutrify, um, and uh, improve your overall community and outlook and pr preparedness. Uh, but 
I don't think we should be limiting uh, our communities. Uh, I think there's better ways to go about it. Let's hear what he has to say on this. Uh, Joe, this is really one of the things that has me most concerned about this whole situation is our group has been studying for the last year and a half uh, with support from the Walton Family Foundation um, looking at critical drug shortages. It turns out that we identified 153 drugs in this country that people need right now or they die. I mean, it's on the crash card. It's acute critical drugs. 100% of them are generic. All of them basically are made offshore of the United States. And a large part of them are made in China and India. And at this point, we have shortages anyway every day, just before this crisis happened. Now these supply chains have gone down. Our group is actively helping the United States government try to figure out you know, where they're going to get these drugs. Now, just think of this. If I came to you and said the Defense Department was going to outsource all its munitions production to China, you'd look at me and say, come on. You know what? The U.S. Defense Department has no more access to these drugs than anybody else. They are beholden to China for these drugs. 690,000 Americans have end-stage renal disease right now. Most of their primary drugs are coming from China. And now with the shutdown... And what's happening with this, and this is what I talked about in the book, why I was so concerned, because we are at risk. Okay, well, there's a part that uh, I would say, yes, we are at risk because we are beholding to countries like China where far too many things are manufactured and created. Uh, But he's saying our answer is is drugs for end-stage renal failure. You know, uh, my good friend who wrote the book, uh, How Not to Die, I think it's uh, right here on my on my cabinet. Yep, right here. Uh, Dr. Michael Greger, it's well-referenced. Uh, he's got uh, the documents with... Uh, 13 full-time researchers who go through the medical literature. And uh, I think that if you listen to the podcast I did with Michael Greger on the same subject, How Not to Die, you'll understand that end-stage renal failure is not about uh, lack of a drug. It's about eating animal-based foods. It's really about getting to the cause of the problem. And I know you've heard me harp on this, but uh, the Simply Healthy Cookbook, uh, dairy-free, oil-free, gluten-free, plant-based, all the natural whole foods, uh, restaurant guidelines and suggestions in our online courses. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to help you as a consumer and an educator and an individual uh, myself who have dedicated my life to sharing um, the best ways to help people this is one of the best ways let's let's implement these four stages let's hear the the final words here on on uh the joe rogan show michael uh, uh, osterholm so even the situation is unfold it's not just about what the virus does to you it's about what the entire system is rigged up to be and what this virus does once it gets into it jesus you're making me nervous well but that's before we get done here we're going to talk about what we can do to get people not nervous because this what? is it's too late <laughs> no 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 what i mean is we're, we're gonna we're gonna bring you around to take you know it's my job is not to scare you out of your wits it's scary you into your wits well i i, I think um the point is well taken you know we we at the beginning of the show talked about tom hanks and he's highly susceptible uh with his diabetic situation he needs to get that in order a good plant-based whole foods diet exercise hormonal expert could help tom uh instead of making leaving people in our community uh, weak and susceptible uh we reviewed dr dipmai maharaj's protocol for enhancing the immune system we had dr uh 
Kathleen Geringer from Tampa Bay, Florida on the show and her input about the importance of a healthy immune system. You know, all of these things are important and more. I, I just want you to know that uh, I, as um, a healthcare educator uh, for over 40 years in this field, I feel that there's things you can do to improve your immune system. There are ways to become immune to the coronavirus. If you do develop the virus, uh, your chances of survival are very, very high. Unless you're in that high-risk group, you're dehydrated, you're a senior, you're not eating properly, you're not getting supplementation and micronutrients, your microbiome is not protected, you're not outdoors in the sun sufficiently. Um, you know, these are the, the factors. If you're drinking alcohol, you're using illicit drugs, uh, over-the-counter prescription or otherwise, this is not good. People, we've got to support a healthy immune system. We've got to help the adrenal glands, the thyroid, the hormones, the testosterone. We've got to get people eating healthy, exercising, and doing everything that yours truly, Dr. Nick's, been teaching for well over 40 years. Uh, I'm here. Find me at uh, on Facebook, Instagram, on YouTube, and uh, please subscribe and share. And uh, this is just the beginning of the series to support you. Uh, it is a, a series of segments that we broadcast a little bit longer tonight, the, those who stayed up with me tonight. Uh, yet um, we're going to break it out into shorter segments so people can kind of get the, the full story uh, behind. But be, becoming immune to uh, the coronavirus, uh, this, is, this is available in our, one of our courses. So uh, look in the show notes. We'll include links in, on, on our blog. Just go to DelgadoProtocol.com. That's DelgadoProtocol.com. Also, for those of you who uh, share and leave reviews, uh, we have a special product called uh, Nero Insight. And if you drop us a note that you uh, shared and you, you take a screenshot, we'll make sure that you get a bottle of Neuro Insight. We're going to kind of review uh, how, how many people uh, send us reviews and shares. Uh, our YouTube channel's growing in subscriptions. But let us know that you have done so uh, with the proper uh, email back to uh, our email at, uh, go ahead and send it to health at delgadoprotocol.com. And we'll respond by sending you a free bottle that will improve what's called methyl donors, help with phase three and uh, estrogen dominance. Uh, it's an eloquent way to improve your energy, your health, and your well-being. Uh, check out the course, Becoming Immune to Coronavirus. Right now, we're making it available as a public service absolutely free. Regular $199 for free. We'll keep it free as long as we can through uh, this continuing saga of what's developing. And um, I assure you, we have some other incredible courses, including fat loss and fitness, becoming immune to cancer, blood morphology. Some of these um, may pertain more to you than others. Uh, we have uh, sites for uh, education. We have Doc Nutrient site that's available now. And uh, again, this is uh, Dr. Nick saying, be strong, uh, living beyond 100, healthy and well. And um, this is my goal for you to be your absolute best at all times. I'm um, dedicated to that uh, accomplishment, peak performance, longevity, and well-being. For you, for my kids, for my grandkids, uh, for all my friends, uh, it's, 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 it's a great time 
But it's a trying time, and we have to do something now to support a very strong, healthy immune system. And be careful of agendas. Is this about trying to push people onto a forced vaccine? Is this about an agenda to load people up on antibiotics that won't work? Is this about finding uh, some miracle drug that doesn't exist? No. It's all about you. You have a choice. Let's do it together. Thank you, everyone. Be well. Please give us a review on iTunes, and we'll be happy out of the group of reviews to choose a lucky winner of one of our award-winning products. It could be Esterblock, Adrenal DMG, Stem Cell Strong, or even Power and Speed. We'll ship you a bottle at no cost. You'll enjoy it just from basically giving us a review on iTunes. Also, visit DelgadoProtocol.com. That's DelgadoProtocol.com, and take our free hormonal quiz. Looking forward to assisting you to be your absolute best.